place to be the metronome of controversy. Wiseness of the Mississippi. Welcome to the Midwest. Mr. Packing the money, back and rapping about the city. We're killers, keep it cracking. Too dark and gritty, packing the dizzy, jacking what's happening. Got preliminary cackling, now we packaging, cracking the attic. Wow. Kansas City, Missouri, for the fury of the inner city. Poverty stricken, not with these people. Follow me. What's up? New studio, new digs. We Gucci. Yeah, we got the man cave. Get to the bottom, we got to beat this in the freaking apology. Giving you triple really good shot. You ready to brawl home? What up, my glip glops? What's up, homie? <laughs> Caught a lot of avalanche. And welcome back to the Small Market Insecurities Podcast. Hybrid episode number 32 slash the weekend drive. We got both. It's your boy, Phil Razor. And tonight, I am joined solely by the guy you love to hate, Stack Guy Nate. Nate, how we doing? Oh, buddy. You know what we're doing? Keeping it sleazy and steezy out here. Mm, erotic scenes. Mm. That's the way we like it over here. Little dribble in the pants. <laughs> so, we got a lot to go over, guys. And obviously, you know, this is our only recording this week. We've had a few things go on. So, apologize for the one episode this week. But we're going to talk about last week's games a little bit. And we're going to preview this weekend's games when it comes to the NFL. We got NBA talk. We got NHL. We got everything. Let's fucking get right to it. Oh! So, to start off, on this date, January 28th, kind of a twofer here. Twofer. 2007, Roger Federer captures his 10th Grand Slam single without dropping a single set at the Aussie Open and his defeat of Fernando Gonzalez. I mean, dude's a fucking god in the game, and... It's for reasons like this right here. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is one, like, when I think tennis, like, the first name that I think of is Roger Federer. 100%. Like, I don't, like, honestly, then then it might go, then it might go Novak, and then it might go Andy Roddick. I think of some older guys, too. Yeah, Roddick, Andre Agassi. Yeah. Um, what was his name? Pete. Fuck. Whatever. I mean, I, I also look. Pete Sampras. Yeah. I always go Johnny McEnroe. Johnny Mac. You cannot be serious. You cannot be serious. Yeah, that's, that was a great one. <laughs> Here's the fun part, though. This is a two-parter. Yeah. On the same date. Same day. Today. Uh-huh. 2018. Uh-huh. Roger Federer becomes the first man to win 20 Grand Slam tennis singles. Oh. Defeating, I believe it's pronounced Marine Silich. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. To capture the record-tying sixth Aussie Open title. So, all Roger Federer today, baby. Not a whole lot going on besides, like, Super Bowls, NFL playoff games, a little NBA. Let's fucking throw a little tennis in there. It's that time of year. I mean, we've done enough on these dates for football and hockey. It's time to include some other sports in the game. Exactly. Tennis, big worldwide. I mean, Switzerland, it's probably the number one sport with Federer. Yeah. That and football. Yeah. Soccer, whatever you want to call it. When, we, when I refer to it in Europe, I call it football. Yeah. I try to be as proper as possible. Well, Australia, they call it soccer, too. Unfortunately, Phil, we don't have any European listeners. That's not true. So... That's not true. Oh, yeah? That's not true. I was looking at the demographics. We have less than 1% in Germany, the UK, I believe Croatia was one, and then I think it was either Italy or France. Well, I apologize to our foreign friends, and um, I take it all back. That's fair. Just take it all back. I take it back. Take it back. I'll eat some words there. Let's do it. All right. Let's get into the divisional round. Get into it. Let's hop. Let's hop into it, guys. And the first game last weekend, the game that we know and love, 
The Bengals took down the Titans 19-16. Before we really get into this, can we talk about the fact that every single one of these games came down to the last play? Dude. Every single game came down to the last play. You couldn't put odds on that. Or if you if you had to put odds on that, they the they'd be too astronomical for you to not put fucking ten bucks on it, right? right you I mean, my God, millions. Oh my God, you could have made it tons. This was unreal. The odds of that were unfathomable. It was ridiculous. Love it. So, Bengals won nineteen sixteen. Uh, Burrow was fine. I mean, whatever. Tannehill played like shit. Henry was irrelevant. Burrow could have been better if he wasn't on the ground nine fucking times. I mean, man. I don't even... I'm at a loss for words with that offensive line. His O-line should be buying him dinner. Yeah, honestly, God. They should be buying him Rolexes and fucking cars and fucking Gucci bags. Especially if they win the Super Bowl. Oh, my God. They owe him everything. Yeah, that was... it, It was tough to watch him get... I mean, just... The consistent that's a, pressure. That's a firstborn child kind of debt. Oh, yeah, dude. That's a firstborn child kind of debt. 100%. All the old linemen are naming their kids Burrow. Uh, Joe. G, G, G-E-A-X. What's your, what's your favorite nickname for him? You got, like, you got like Joe Burr, and you got, like, Joe Shiesty, the Tiger King. Man, there's so many good ones. I mean, I, like, I know, I know it's been tossed around for a lot of quarterbacks, but fucking Big Dick Joe, man. He's Big Dick Joe. I do like Joe Shiesty. Um, I do like Joey Franchise, too. Joey Franchise is Joey good. Franchise is fucking awesome. Sorry. Let me... I can't Fuck you, Siri. Uh, I have a question for you, then. Yeah. I tweeted this out the other day on my personal account. Speaking of which, Twitter guys, follow us at SmallMarketINS. Instagram and TikTok, SmallMarketInsecurities. Let's go. Um, and then, all, obviously, the SMI side hustle. Follow Nate as well as he gives you all your degenerate needs. We'll be getting to that later. Mm-hmm. So... Joe Burrow won a natty for the LSU Tigers. If he wins a Super Bowl for the Cincinnati Bengals, does he get to fight Joe Exotic one on one for the title of the True Tiger King? I think, dude, he's got it. I mean, come on, Joe, Tiger King ain't never really done that. Car- Carol Baskin. Did, did, now, did Carol, you fight Carol Baskin. Now, Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. Now, now that's who Joe got to fight. Some Killed people. her husband. Whacked him. Carol. Baskin. Don't act like it never happened. Carol Baskin's the next matchup for Joey B. Mm. She's got 32 flavors for Joe, I'll tell you that much. Um, but moving to the other side of the ball, or the other or the other side of the field, the other sideline, um, obviously we know where the problem lies with this team and why they cannot get to the next level. It is the quarterback. Shocking. Shocker. Ryan Tannehill, a guy that was mediocre in college, a guy that was medi- like worse than mediocre in Miami. Yeah, he revitalized his career for a couple years, but it shows in the big moments, man. In this game, he forced too many things. That the, it was the pick with 20 seconds left. Yeah. You could have easily just let that game go into overtime. You had the momentum. You're at home. Yeah. You have the crowd behind you. There were a lot of Bengals fans there. Props to the Bengals fans that traveled. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, I'm looking at the numbers. Three picks for, for Tannehill. The big story to me offensively, though, like, yeah, three picks are super detrimental. Henry averaging three yards a carry is perfect. I mean, that's that's great defense. That's exceptional defense. But really, that's, again, trying to force a guy into the lineup when really you could have just played Deontay Foreman 
who had four carries for 66 yards. Mm-hmm. Four carries for 66 yards. That's a lot better than Derrick Henry. The only offensive players that stood out in this game to me were Jamar Chase. Obviously. And A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. They both had five catches for well over 100 yards. Yeah. Once again, Jamar Chase is a dog. A.J. Brown's a dog, too. Uh, this game was all about defense. And I wanted to say I love the fact that Evan McPherson, before he went out there and kicked it, looked at Joe and said, you ready to go to the AFC title game? Uh, looks like we're going to the AFC championship. <laughs> Just put his cock on the table. Put his fucking cock on the table and said, suck it. And then buried it. Just uh, ba- I mean, he buried it. Yeah. It was good all the way. Oh. That was fun. That was a hell of a game. Bengals fans, love you guys. Very happy for you. Really happy for you. Joe Burrow, first ever number one overall pick to make it to the title game in his first two years. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Can I get a who day? Who day? Who day think gonna beat them Bengals? You know, Joe Burrow makes it really fucking hard to hate these guys. I mean, I of all the teams in the AFC North, the Bengals are probably my least favorite. But man, now now I'd say they're probably my. They're probably my sec, my first least favorite. Fair. Do you have any other? You like them? You hate them more than the Ravens normally? Yeah. Okay. That's rare. Most Steelers fans, the Ravens are number one. Um, I mean, I don't know. There's just something about Bengals fans that have always rubbed me the wrong way. And again, it's because maybe it's because you know most Steelers fans being over there, they just they don't have to hear the Browns and the Bengals fans around them at all times. You know. That's fair. That's totally fair. Cincinnati's only the arguably the only white collar city in the entire division too. Yeah. So I feel like you either hate it because you hate the city, or you're indifferent because you're like, yeah, the fan base is whatever. And honestly, Cincinnati's a baseball town, so it's fun to watch it become a football town right now. It is. Um, but yeah, generally it's a baseball town, so I think most people yeah. kind of just let the Bengals slide. I don't hate Cincinnati by any means, by the way. Oh yeah, I, yeah, we love Cincinnati. It's a fun town. Yeah, I always have a good time when I go out. Mount Lookout Tavern. Great time. Great time. Let's go to the next game. Uh, we'll briefly touch on this. Packers-Niners. Uh, the game was shit. Boo. Game was bad. Uh, blocked punt touchdown for the Niners and a game-winning field goal. Rodgers makes me look bad. Aaron Rodgers is the main story here, guys. Um, forever, Aaron Rodgers' defenses have given up over 30 points a game in the playoffs, and they fuck him. This time, his defense played out of their minds, and the special teams fucked him, but can you even say that when you only put up 10 points? I mean, yeah, it's not great, man. It's not great. It's not like it was Aaron. It's not like it was a hundred percent on Aaron Rodgers. I mean, statistically, he had a Aaron Rodgers game. Yeah. You know, twenty for twenty nine, two twenty five, just no touchdowns. That's that's all that was missing. I think one of the big things in this game too for Aaron Rodgers, he never got comfortable. Like when no. I when I was watching it, he didn't look comfortable. I, I mean, granted, he doesn't have the best weapons on earth. I mean, he has. He has arguably the best receiver in the league, but that's really about it. You know? Yeah, it is it. I mean, 20 of 29 for 225, no touchdowns, no picks. Yeah. You know? Aaron Jones, eh. A.J. Dillon, eh. Like, he's got, like, it's, you know, and now with the, uh, actually, no, I'll save it. We'll get into that later on. That's fair. Yeah. Where's Aaron Rodgers next year before we move on? Oh, is that, that I was actually, that's what I was going to get into. Oh, but, oh, we can just do that now. Well, let's get into it. With the, the Packers OC, don't remember his name, but with him, Nathaniel Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, with him being hired in Denver, I think there's a pretty good chance that you could see Rodgers end up there. It makes sense. Um, other places that I've seen as you know possible destinations or you know places that could be ideal for him, Indianapolis. 
Pittsburgh. It could work. Um, if Pittsburgh doesn't like any quarterbacks in this draft, they can just go right to Aaron Rodgers for a year or two. Yeah, they really It's can. a pretty good stopgap. I, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, no shit. I wouldn't mind it at all. Um, be fun to watch him play in that division, too. Yeah. Other than that, I'm not really sure if there's anywhere else besides. Uh, you, I, I guess you can maybe say Las Vegas. I think New Orleans is possible. I think, uh, yeah. Solely because they're going to have a new coach and they hire a young, you know, if they get like Kellen Moore, Eric Bieniemy, or something, I don't know why he wouldn't want to go try it out just for the hell of it. Plus, in that division, if Tom retires, that division's super winnable. I I think there's a really good, I feel like if there's any place that Eric Bieniemy goes, I feel like it could be the Saints. Could work. Your opposite side of the your opposite side of the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. You know, you limit the amount of times you got to play them. Yeah. I agree. I think Eric Bieniemy on the Saints would make a ton of signs. I haven't seen his name get interviewed yet because obviously the Chiefs are rolling through. But, you know, yeah, that's fair. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, if he's not in Green Bay, I think Denver's probably the betting man's choice. Yep. So that's fair. Um, Let's hop over now to the Rams and Bucks. This game was a shit show, dude. Shit show, man. This is one of those games, like, I'm glad the Rams won because good for Matt Stafford. Absolutely, dude. He deserves this. It's but been long overdue. You're watching that game and you're like, is the NFL rigged for Brady? Dude. How many fucking... Fu- I mean, don't get me wrong. They had two turnovers. Brady got strip sacked. He threw a pick. But the Rams had four turnovers. Some of those fumbles, you're just like, what the fuck? Like, is Tom, Tom Brady great because he makes the play when he has to? Or is Tom Brady great because his defense is giving the ball in the 30-yard line? Right. I, like, every time, it just seems like a defense bails Tom Brady out and gets him the gets him the turnovers that he needs at exactly the time. Nobody else in the NFL can seem to do that, but the page, but whatever team Tom Brady is on, sure as shit seems to. Only 11% of the time he's gone to the playoff without the top 10 defense. 11%. 89% he has a top 10 defense. Yeah. You know what Patrick Mahomes' percentage is? He's never been to the playoffs with the top 10 defense. Ever. Well, they will this year. I, I didn't see the final numbers this year. He might be now. Going into this year's playoffs, he'd never been there. Three straight AFC title games. Two straight Super Bowls. Yep. So, that's kind of my point is like, when I when I hate on Brady, I don't deny how great he clutch when he needs to be. Yeah. But, Matt Stafford leads the NFL in fourth quarter in overtime winning drives in the last nine years. And he played for an awful Lions team for a long time. Yeah. So, just saying, happy for Matt Stafford. 30-27 to 27 win. Game-winning field goal right at the end. Fun stuff. Great. Love it. Good for you, Matt Stafford. Finally, you see the playoffs for the first time, and you make it to the NFC Championship. Hot diggity. How about that? Respect. Respect it, homie. I put some respect on that name. Absolutely. Um, Let's go to the last game. That was absolutely probably top three games I've ever watched in NFL history. A lot of people are giving a recency bias saying number one. I think we need – it's a time-will-tell situation. Absolutely. There have been there have been some phenomenal games. Oh some my god, phenomenal games. I this will this will be up there though. You know when I think about some of the best games in history. But now, but now there's but now there's also going to be partially an asterisk on it. It's like it, there's one that like it looks like they someone put an asterisk there and then they erased it really hard, try to get it away, but you can still kind of see that there's an asterisk what, there. What's your asterisk? The overtime thing. We'll get we'll get to that in a little bit too. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Pat Mahomes balled out. Josh Allen balled out. Minute two left. Mahomes throws a dart. By the way, Mahomes had like 177 yards after the two-minute warning in the fourth quarter. That's ridiculous. That's that's Jimmy G's playoffs right there, basically. But he hits Tyreek Hill, and you're like, oh, God. But they left Josh Allen a minute two seconds. You're like, anything can happen. 
Josh Allen scrambles for his life the entire drive. Then a big, elusive, sexy bastard. Rolling around, getting everybody all hot and bothered up in Buffalo. Or as hot and bothered as they can be in the freezing cold. Yeah. Watching it, probably at outdoor bars because they're lunatics. But rolls out to his left. And for the record, Gabriel Davis. Dude. Holy fuck. Holy fuck. 201 yards and four touchdowns. In in year two of his rookie deal, by the way. That's a career game. At a UCF. Oh, they're going to pay him. Oh. Paid. That man's getting paid. Paid. Get, 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 get the paper. And he hits him with 13 seconds left. And you're like, oh, man. But in the back of everybody's mind, you have to admit, everybody's thinking, that's too much time. It's nuts that 13 seconds and, you know, three timeouts is, quote, unquote, too much time. But Mahomes did exactly what he thought he'd do. Two balls right in the fucking field goal range. Bucker buries it. The most predictable 13 fucking seconds in NFL history. Nate, go off. Why do you hate Pat Mahomes so much? Fucking dude, I'm just done with this shit, man. They're already they're already the next fucking Patriots. They're already there. They're just going to be this fucking team that just sits there time and time again, making it to the fucking AFC Championship, making it to the Super Bowl. Like... I, I don't know about you guys, maybe it's just me, but even if it was the Steelers over and over and over again, I'd like to see some fucking different teams in the Super Bowl. For fuck's sake. Like, these, like, it's getting, it just feels like leagues, like, the leagues starting to slant towards Pat Mahomes, just like how it slanted towards Tom Brady. Are you saying this, you're upset because you're a fan of a team that wins and makes the playoffs almost every year? And Brady dominated it for so long, and Peyton Manning dominated it for so long, and now it looks like Mahomes is going to do that. So is that where the frustration comes from? What do you mean? Because you're a fan of an AFC team. Yeah. That always makes the playoffs, and you run into a team like the Patriots with Tom, or the Colts or the Broncos with Peyton. You know, guys that were consistently in the divisional round and the title round of the Super Bowl. And now it's like, oh, fuck, Pat Mahomes. You know? But at least, but here's the thing. At least back then... You felt like you had a chance to, you, you, like, you had, no, it's not even you felt like there was a chance to beat these teams. Like, there were, like, it was just evenly matched. But for some reason, it just feels like you can't compete with them. Okay. I don't know what it is about them from an offensive perspective. Because defense, are not that good. It doesn't make sense how a team with that average of a defense just consistently still wins, and it's just, like, because you just fucking put up points, like, I get it, it's it's where the league's going, but fuck this shit, dude. I, I, you know, I think there's a lot of, a lot of factors that play into a, a lot of different things and feelings on this. Um, I think a lot of fans of teams like the Steelers would, will hate it, because they're a franchise that's been predicated on defense, and defense wins titles. Pat Mahomes is disproving all of that. I will, I will give them credit, though, for as much as you want to hate on Pat, I don't hate Pat. I hate Jackson. Jackson's fuck you, Jackson Mahomes. Get fucked. I do fucking hate that son of a bitch. And I like, I'll like, I, I, I just, you know what? I hope all the bad things in life happen to him and only him. That's all I want to say. That's fair. I, I think the whole world agrees with that. He's a, he's a little fucking piece of shit. But I, I will say, and, and his wife too. His wife sucks too. Well, I think Jackson just enables her, but. Yeah, either way. Um, I think the big thing for me when it comes to the Chiefs is this year, the league figured it out for a while, and they had to adapt. 
And it used to be, you know, death by beheading with them. They just crush you down the field. You know, run the ball, Tyreek deep, two plays, 80 yards, touchdown. Now it's death by a thousand paper cuts. They've gotten good at the slow game. They'll burn six minutes off the clock and then throw a four-yard touchdown to Travis Kelsey, and you're like, this isn't the Chiefs. Because everybody was saying, oh, here, the Chiefs aren't the same. Chiefs offense isn't the same. No, the league got used to it. But look where it gets them now. Right back into the fucking AFC title game. I will say, though, when it comes to parity, I know I know, you know, you were harping on parity earlier in the NFL. There's a lot of parity this year. Come on, man. The yeah, 49ers were, were awful last year. They were in the Super Bowl two years ago, so I'll say that's not parity. It's not parity because... The Rams have been nothing. They were in the Super Bowl with Jared Goff four years ago. They're nothing. The Rams were nothing before this year. They had good talent, but they were losing in the wild card round of the divisional because round of, easily. Because of Jared Goff. Exactly. And, and we see what he is. Yeah, we figured... It's also a franchise with one Super Bowl. <coughs> so, they have one Super Bowl. The Niners have five. Yeah. You know, the Chiefs have two. The Bengals have none. So, that being said, we'll wrap up that Bills-Chiefs game. Shout out to Josh Allen. Shout out to Pat Mahomes. Man, real recognize real. The fact that Mahomes left the celebration for a minute to go talk to Josh Allen, respect. He's a class act, in my opinion. And we're going to see Josh Allen in a Super Bowl very soon. I think we're going to... Not as long as the fucking league's starting to slant towards the Chiefs. It's all I'm fucking saying. I think Josh Allen's going to well, start... Well, I'll tell you what. No, I will also say, Leslie... And, and I tweeted this out, but Leslie Frazier lost himself his job on that. In those 13 seconds, he lost himself his job. Because why are you playing... Why are you having linebackers play the sidelines when the Chiefs have two timeouts left? You should have had it. I mean, I'm sure they had their dime package in, but like... You, like, you need to be pressing those guys. Why You need to be forcing them to make a catch. You've been doing it all game, and it's worked for you. Why Why now, all of a sudden, are you playing a safe zone? Well, it begs the question. They were playing They were playing cover four. I should have been cover two. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. Well, cover two, man. But, yeah. Anyway. So, that's I fair. I digress. It'd be nice. If, it'd be, it might have been a different game if the Bills had Tredavious White. But, alas, they'll have him back next year. Um, let's hop into the uh, preview time. Let's do it. Let's do the uh, NFC game first. It's a two big markets, but we got to talk about it. We have to. Rams, Niners. Niners have won six straight. Jimmy G is 6-0 and all time <coughs> as a starting quarterback against the Los Angeles Rams for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they beat him twice this year, obviously. Haven't beat him in forever. Who's to like, is there a, Besides the obvious answers, Matt Stafford, this, that, home field advantage, all that, what's the key to the Rams to get in the win against the Niners? Because the Niners have their number. Man, I'll tell you what. This is gonna be, this is gonna be a low-scoring game. This is because I'm thinking like twenty to seventeen, twenty-four, twenty-one. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I think it could be a fourteen, ten. I think it could be a seventeen, fourteen, like a twenty-one, seventeen, something like that. Yeah. Like I don't think either team exceeds twenty-four points. Yeah. I think twenty-four points is the highest they score because both these teams have phenomenal defenses. Yeah. Phenomenal defense, and the 49ers are going to work the clock. Eli Mitchell all day long. Yeah, and right now the this right now the uh, and Debo. Yeah, and the Rams can't really do that. I mean, they got Acres back, but their line isn't really doing much for them right now. No, well, and, and Whitworth I think is back this week. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's been out. Whitworth back will be huge for them. It will. It will 100. percent So I don't know. I mean, if the Rams are going to have to do the same thing, but they're going to have to also use that passing game to be effective. Um, and yep. really the key is going to be the key for San Francisco or the key for LA is get, is going to be 
you have to be able to bottle up both Debo and Kittle at the same time. Yeah. So, it's tough to do. It's a tough assignment. Jalen Ramsey could probably do pretty good on Debo, but Kittle's a mismatch for just about anybody. Debo in the slot and out wide, not Debo on the backfield. Yeah. But Aaron Donald's going to get his. We know that. Absolutely. Aaron Donald will get his. Uh, Von Miller will get his. Yeah, I think Jimmy G might be eating dirt a little bit. But, oh, yeah. But we'll see. My other big question is Los Angeles, they're going to show up. Because they're not selling. They're only selling. There's, they have city limit ticket restrictions, just like the Titans did. Mm-hmm. And that, that stadium could be 50% Niners fans. It really could. Easily. Yeah. And really there's a ton could. of Niners fans that live in L.A., so that's understandable. Yeah. You know, but... I I mean well Phil let's take a look at why don't we take a look at the numbers shall we Oh God what are you a numbers guy Well I think it's oh fuck sad hustle Well looking at this so you got the Rams are three and a half point favorites Okay Um so we're going over under forty six in this game too That's what we got over under forty six So so see they're even thinking it's going to be a low scoring game as well twenty four twenty one is under yeah, exactly. So right now, looking at some of your team props that we have out there, which is also a listener question, they asked about props. Oh yeah. Let me let me look that up real quick. Keep going. Yeah, absolutely. We got the props, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna get to the ones that I like for this week. So if you guys are listening out there, uh, total points over under for the Rams twenty four and a half, and for the Niners twenty one and a half. So that's where they think that's right where they think it's gonna be. Uh, total touchdowns. Over under two and a half for both of them. Okay. Um, as for your player props, passing yardage, they got Stafford at over under 278 and a half. Okay. And Jimmy G at 226 and a half. Okay, fair enough. And Jimmy G's going under his passing yard. Unless George Kittle has a monster day. I mean, that's, and really, that's going to be a cat out like. Run after the catch. Yeah, uh, shout out two guys, one Mike at two guys, one Mike on Twitter. They uh, asked us what player props we like this week. I feel like that's a metaphor or a play on words of something else. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if you've uh, two kids on a school bus, two girls, one Cooper Cup. Oh, hey, fair enough. Shout out, hey, shout out to you guys for sending the question. We appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, for passing touchdowns, we got over under one and a half for both these quarterbacks. Okay. Um, I probably would take the over for Stafford for Jimmy G. I might take. I might take the under. I might take the under. I mean, what is he gonna like hit Kyle Juszczyk for a touchdown? Like, well, dude, honestly, who knows, man? Because if they run some of those fucking pop passes, those things count as passes. It's true. Debo could easily run one of those in for five yards out. Absolutely. That's fair. Um, rushing yardage, we got Acres for uh, the Rams at over under sixty one and a half. For Niners, Elijah Mitchell at sixty nine and a half, and of course you got to throw in Debo Samuel's uh, thirty nine and a half. Oh, okay. by the way, Phil, Elijah Mitchell rushing yardage over under sixty nine and a half. Nice. nice and a half. Nice and a half. Yeah. <laughs> uh, receiving yardage, I'm telling you, man. So last week, Phil. I know you let. I know you heard. Cooper Cup's over under yardage for last week's game was a hundred and a half. This week, over under a hundred two and a half. You taking it? I'm taking the over. Fuck yeah. Yeah, you taking the over? Absolutely. Dude. I love it. I'm 
he gets open. It doesn't, like, you can glue a motherfucker to him. You can glue two motherfuckers to him, and he's still getting open. It's it's amazing. He's a, Yeah, he's having a hell of a year. Uh, OBJ over under 51.5, and, and Tyler Higby over under 41.5. I kind of like Tyler Higby there. He's a little sneaky one, man. He... He gets his catches and he gets and he gets some yardage after. Two catches for forty five yards easily. Absolutely, it could easily happen. <clears throat> no, that's totally fair. Anything else with this game on the uh, side hustle portion? Uh, yeah, we'll finish up. We'll finish up the uh, over unders here for receiving yardage. Kittle over under fifty two and a half. Samuel fifty two and a half. IU forty eight and a half. Gotcha. But Phil, my degenerate senses are tingling and they are telling me. To lay these points. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I think the Rams defense has the key. They're going to they're gonna be healthy. They're going to be ready to go. They didn't have to try. I mean, they had to try pretty hard against the Bucks, but I think they got some juice ready for them. What's your score prediction? My score prediction for this game is going to be the Rams 27 the Niners, 17. Wow. Yeah. I think there's going to be a garbage time. I think there's going to be a little garbage time points going on. Yeah. Like, like, a, like a field goal. With like, like three minutes left to put yeah, it up by 10. Yeah, like a field goal. I can say that. Yeah. So. I'm going to go Rams 24, Niners 21. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'll take the under. I know that goes against your moral code. But life's too short to take the under. Yep. Unless you got San Francisco running the ball for 75 minutes. Yep. So, no, that makes sense. Should we have, should we have it to the, uh, the other game? The AFC Teller game? Let's fucking do it. All right, bro. boys. Cincinnati fans rejoice. Kansas City fans rejoice. Congratulations. You've won a trip to the AFC title game. Chiefs, Bengals. They met week 17. Bengals won. Even though the Chiefs put up astronomical numbers. Jamar Chase, 11 catches, 266 yards. Over 100 yards in each half in this game. Came down to a luxurious Sneed penalty at the end when Zach Taylor had big balls and went for it. They got the call. Chiefs fans, oh, the league doesn't favor us. Fuck you. But I will say, this game is entirely different. It's at Arrowhead. you got to remember, the Bills went into Arrowhead one by 18 in October. Yep. Didn't matter. It didn't, wasn't worth shit this game. So, we got the, you know, the red-hot Cincinnati Bengals. Nobody thought they'd be here. Good for them. You know what, Phil? And the Red Hot Kansas City Chiefs, who've lost one time since, you know, week nine or whatever. You know what, Phil? We're going to go ahead and just uh, get on the weather channel here. We're going to take a look to see what the weather's looking like. A good point. Kansas City, because you know that's going to play a big factor in it. So, um, but man, first of all, Joe Burrow, you just won a game in Nashville. What are you going to do? I'm going Kansas City. Woohoo! <laughs> man. This game is going to be epic. It's kind of a, I don't know. It's kind of a little pre, little preemie to fucking have this as the first game. I'd rather this be the the last game, man. Like you, you can't make the two West Coast teams play at noon, though. I know that's, and it sucks, but whatever. It's gonna be a fucking phenomenal game. I mean. The Bengals' defense is going to have to have the game of their fucking life. 
the game of their fucking life. Hendrickson and Hubbard are going to have to get a lot of pressure on Pat. Uh, that that defensive line has to do something. They yeah. have to get there, and and they didn't do it against Tennessee. No, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't get home against Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill could like he didn't. He wasn't too pressured. No, but Mahomes is one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, it's because he gets outside too. True. You know, you're gonna honest. I mean, you've got. I think you've got the guys in the secondary to play, and I mean Jesse Bates is gonna have to have a hell of a game on Travis Kelsey. He is. Jesse Bates is gonna be the X factor in that game for sure. Um, the linebacker core, Logan Wilson, and the boys—they're gonna have to be on their toes constantly. Eli Apple's talking a lot of shit this week. Got to wake up, man. Boy. But the Bengals finally won a road playoff game for the first time in their franchise's history. Yeah, boy, I, I would have stayed off Twitter. Yeah, I mean, whatever. If, if, I, were, if I were you. I, I'm, I mean, I'm no I'm no professional athlete, but I just think it might be some bad juju. To... But I play one on Twitter. Yeah. I play one on Twitter. And I don't... On my, and on my platform. I think, I mean, Tyron Matthew is apparently coming back out of COVID protocol, or not COVID, sorry, concussion protocol. He practiced today. Um, they're optimistic he'll play. It's funny, him and Jesse Bates are two of the top three free agent safeties. They're going to be playing their asses off. Wow. Boy, do we have ourselves a day meant for some good football. Boys, in Kansas City, Missouri, on Sunday, we are looking at a high of 47 degrees. Woo! Mostly stu- mostly sunny. Winds are going to be light about northwest at 6 miles an hour. You know, only a 4% chance of rain. It is going to be phenomenal. It, prime conditions to throw the football. It's going to be an air-raiding kind of fucking day. And I look forward to it. But I'll tell you what. The Bengals have to do something from an offensive line standpoint. Mm-hmm. Because if not, Chris Jones and Frank Clark mm-hmm. and but, or, uh, and Melvin Ingram are about to have a fucking tea party in the backfield every single play. And Joe Burrow is going to be the table and the chairs simultaneously. It's true. I, I think, I mean, the, the Chiefs defense, after their three and four start, flipped the switch. And they became a entirely different team mm-hmm. when it happened. You know, they were beating teams like the Cowboys, like, 19-9, to 9, you know? Like, it, 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 they were an entirely different team than they than they have been. But on the other side of it, the Bengals' defense this year wasn't really their calling card, but they get good pass rush. Yeah. Which is going to be massive because, like, the KC running game is predicated on Pat's ability to scramble. Mm-hmm. Because, like, Edwards Alaire and those, eh, eh. Yeah. They're okay. Have we heard anything about uh, Tyron Matthew coming out of COVID pro- or concussion? Gosh, pro- he practiced today. Did he? Yep. Okay. Well, that's that's big for the Chiefs, man. Yeah, they need well, they need everybody against this they, Bengals they really, team. Against this, against this, yeah, against this passing game. I mean, you're going to have to, you're going to have to keep them honest, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I fully expect Tyreek Hill to do his thing. I expect Travis Kelsey to do his thing. Travis Kelsey, man, from Cleveland, went to UC, playing the Bengals. Little storyline there. I fucking hate Travis Kelsey. Why? Because he's good? There's, no, I won't talk about it. That's fair. Nate has a lot of personal hatred for the Kings. I, I just, I, you know, I, I have hatreds, and sometimes I don't like to discuss why. I just do. You know, sometimes you just hate some people. 
That's fair. All right, Nate, so I know you have your degenerate senses, and they're telling us it's time for some numbers. Yeah, let's fucking do it. All right, so this game, Chiefs are seven and a half point favorites, over under 54 and a half, obviously. Woo! We're calling for a gong show up there, over there in Kansas City. So let's look at the team props to start off. Total points, I think we got the Chiefs over under 31 and a half. Bengals over under 23 and a half. Uh, your total touchdowns, Chiefs, three and a half. Bengals, two and a half. Uh, your passing yardage, Mahomes, over under 291 and a half. Burrow, 286 and a half. Your touchdowns, Mahomes, two and a half. Burrow, one and a half. I think Burrow's going to throw as many as Pat does. Absolutely. I think Burrow may throw more because if, if Mahomes and the company drives down the field like that, they might run the ball for, for three touchdowns. Absolutely. Pat may have two rushing touchdowns himself. Sure. They may, hell, they may do a fucking Blake Bell QB sneak. Do you think, uh, Travis Kelsey QB pass? Do you think, uh, do you think Vontez Burfick will go in there and take Travis Kelsey's head off and then leave the field? Honestly, dude, if I were Cincinnati and as a person that's witnessed a Vontez Burfick hit, beheading hit, do it. Just fucking do it. Come on, come on, do it, do it, do it. Oh, Just God. one game. Nate wants blood. Eat Nate it. wants blood. Eat the fine. Eat the fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> Straight cash, homie. Um, your rushing yardage, uh, obviously, for Kansas City. I mean, I don't know why they don't give us some Jared McKinnon, man. I mean, all I got was Clyde edwards helaire at 37 and a half. Because, honestly, I would put uh, – I'd throw some Jared McKinnon in there. Yeah, he's fast. He's Wouldn't good. you, Bill? Yeah, he's a good change of pace back. Absolutely. I'd put on, And if I was putting one out there, I'd put it at maybe – 42. Okay. 42 and a half. And I'd take, and I would take the under. Okay. I'd take the under on that. But That's anyway, right. I digress. Mixon, they have the over-under at 57 and a half. And I've said this. Mixon, or the Bengals need Joe Mixon to have at least 50 to 60 rushing yards in order to have a successful day. Eat some clock, keep the defense off the field. Yes. And in this game, I would bump it up and I'd say... If the Bengals, the Bengals win this game, if Joe Burrow or uh, Joe Mixon has a hundred rushing yards, I think they win it if he has eighty. I think they win it if he has eighty, but I def, I can almost I can almost cert, certify it if he has a hundred. Twenty three carries, eighty yards, and a touchdown. They probably win that game. Hundred percent. Yes. 3.7 yards a carry. Honestly, their lines show that they're not great pass blocking, so how about you just let them big boys roll forward? I know they like doing that. Let them do it. So, anyway, uh, receiving yardage, Travis Kelsey, 75.5. Tyreek Hill, 77.5. And, a half, and uh, for shits and gigs, I threw in one more. Byron Pringle, 37.5. Byron! Byron Pringle! Who? Oh, God. What would you say to Joe Byron right now? Sup, baby? Take me out to dinner. Take me out to dinner. And uh, for the Bengals, Jamar Chase, over under 85 and a half. Over. Dude, when's this man going to get that Cooper Cup type love? That's what I'm saying. Like, put some respect on it. The dude's been over 100 every put game. Put some respect of the, on my name. Every game of the playoffs, has he not? I think so. Every game of the playoffs, he's been over 100 yards. If he didn't have it against the Raiders, he was close. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Put some, put some motherfucking respect on his I name. I think 266 yards in the meeting a month ago is probably good enough. I mean, how, 
Whoever's making these lines is out here, Jamar Chase and Waterfalls. <laughs> Am I right, boys? Hey. Jamar uh, Chase, take it to the bank. We got uh, T. Higgins coming in at over under 70 and a half. I, I like that. I like that, too, because T's going to have T's going to get his, too. T's going to get his, because... Well, because obviously they're gonna they're gonna lean Tyron Matthew and whoever I can't remember who's Sneed. Their, yeah, Sneed. They're gonna put Legarius Sneed on on Jamar Chase. Yeah. And their their weak side their other side corner is not that good. And then honestly, I can see Tyler Boyd having himself a game too. Uh, I actually here hold on, give me a minute. On um, first of all, I'll give you CJ Uzama. His CJ Yo Mama. CJ Yo Mama. His over-under was 36-and-a-half, and I would like the over in that, sir. I think CJ catches a touchdown, too. I, absolutely, I think CJ catches a touchdown. CJ has been a – I mean, what a time to come onto the scene. I, the last, His last probably eight games have been phenomenal. Bam. Absolutely phenomenal. Do you remember where he's out of? I can't remember. Ooh. Texas? If I'm right. Ooh, if, he'll, if Phil's right – Somebody from our listener, one of our listeners owes Phil a dollar. Let's see. And you can Venmo him. CJ Uzama. Ah, Auburn. Auburn. Damn. Close. Yeah. Not too far off. Um, Tyler Boyd at over under 39 and a half. He's from Georgia. Makes sense. Uh, over under 39 and a half for Tyler Boyd. Boyder. Yep. What would you think about that? I... I think under because I, I think he's gonna get overlooked in this game he because does. Matthew Matthew playing if Ma- Tyre Matthews playing safety he's gonna have Uzama and Boyd wrapped up it's gonna be all about Chase and Higgins and Mixon yeah you're right Uzama will get some love but I, I think I think Boyd will be the the odd man out of this in my yeah. opinion okay now that being said I'll have an eighty yard touchdown catch looking like to be it yeah probably so yeah <laughs> um so anyway my. Degenerate senses are tingling, and they are telling me to take these points. Woo! Boys, you know what? I'm going to ride the hot hand, the hottest hand. And that hand lies with Joey Franchise. I'm going to take the Bengals on the last second, Evan fucking McPherson field goal. Evan Big Dick McPherson? He's going to look at Joey B., who set him up in prime position, say, ah, well, looks like we're going to the Super Bowl. Is Evan, are the Bengals your small market darling of the week? They are. They yeah. are. My small market darling. They're going to do it. I'm so, going to take it. And, you know, sure, maybe this is my anti-Chiefsism kicking in, but I don't care. I've told you guys, I'm not a professional gambler. I don't bet reasonably. I bet with my heart sometimes. Fuck it. Fade, hashtag fade Nate. Do you know what the odds are on that shit, man? I can make some motherfucking money, I bet. So, for me, in the battle of the tomato and molasses-based sauce, because God forbid you say the barbecue sauce wrong, it's not vinegar-based, it's not, you know, honey-based, it's tomato and molasses-based over in KC against Skyline Chili. Well, Gold Star Chili, because the Reds have all the rights to Skyline, so the Bengals have to do Gold Star. I don't know. Nowadays, I think they, uh, they injecting little Mahomes into their uh, sauce, if you know what I mean. Little little patty, little patty nut? Little, little patties, little patties little, going into the sauce. Little peppermint patty? Little, <laughs> little peppermint patties going into the sauce. A little bit of that Mahomes sauce? <laughs> you sauce motherfuckers! Big Pat sauce, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you sauce motherfuckers, I'm calling you a whole city sauce. <laughs>
So I said on the weekend drive last week that I will never pick against Pat Mahomes if he wins this game because I was rooting for the Bills. That being said, I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win, but I'm rooting for the Bengals. Of course. I'm obviously rooting for the Bengals, Cincinnati. I'm not picking against you to hurt your feelings. What kind of man would I, would I be if I backed out of my word that quickly? I'm not going to do it. They're at home. They're hot as fuck. They are. You know, I mean, the only, but the only team that's beaten them. He's so hot right he's now. He's so hot right now. The only team that's beaten them in the last, I don't know, three months is the Bengals. Yeah. I think Pat's going to remember it. I think they're going <clears> to remember <throat> it. I think the Chiefs will win this game. I'm going to go 35-31. I just, I, I, dude, and I fucking hate Andy Reid for calling Pat Mahomes the Grim Reaper. Like, that, I'm calling sus on that. I'm calling sus. You just, hate, you just hate Pat Mahomes because he's Kermit. I also hate Andy Reid. It's fair. Like, like, eat another cheeseburger. Come on. I love Andy Reid. He's one more away from that total blockage. What's wrong? What's wrong with Andy? What's wrong with Captain Walrus leading the squad, man? Man, the only cool thing about him is that he wears those fucking Hawaiian shirts in the off season. It's a t- it's a classic fat guy move. It is. It's awesome. I can't deny it. Fair enough. That's that's. that's no, just about no fucking talk. Just about. sorry, sorry guys. I'm I'm filled with a lot of hate. Okay, they beat the Steelers one week and then the Bills the next. Okay, they really the the Chiefs just fucked with my nut this year. They really did. Like Kobayashi. <laughs> so let's hop over to the listener questions. Hey-o. Shout out to at mwed17. Follow her on Twitter. Uh, I'm not sure what her Instagram is. Probably the same thing. Oh, She's pretty pretty hashtag brand savvy. Yeah, I'll check that out. Um, first question. Thoughts on the NFL overtime rule? Mate, do you mind if I go first on this? Uh, be my guest. So I have a, I have a proposition, right? Uh-huh. Regular season, we can do away with ties. Mm-hmm. But in the regular season, after the 10-minute overtime period, it's a two-point conversion contest that starts at the regular spot, the two-yard line. Mm-hmm. And then if they both score, don't score back to the three, to the four, to the five, until somebody doesn't score. And then if it gets to the 10, it stays at the 10. It doesn't go beyond the 10. Mm-hmm. Somebody doesn't score. It's like a shootout for football. But not kickers, because that's stupid. Why Why would you put the game on kickers? Put it on the offenses and the defenses. Start it at the 2, move it back. A yard to get to the 10. That would be fair in the regular season for me. Postseason, what I would do, because I agree that both teams should get the ball. And yes, defense wins championships. And yes, defense... Plays a big part, but it comes down to a coin toss of who gets the ball first in a game like that. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan. I mean, I understand it. it. It's fair, but it's also shitty. But but then again, I, I just also think you could, o- you could also do away with the rule of if you score a touchdown, the game's over. Oh, yeah. And this is what I was going to say. If you are the team that gets that possesses the ball first, you can either kick the extra point or you can go for two. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Most of them will kick the extra point. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. If they go for two, we'll talk about I can talk about that scenario. The opposing team, if they get the ball and they go down and score a touchdown, they have to go for two. The game ends right there. Yeah. There's no back and forth. Yeah. Because at some point you do have to say both teams have the ball. Mm-hmm. We don't need the other team to get the ball back and then they win. It's like, no, because they still won the coin toss and got the second, you know. You know, they're basically the home team. They get the bat in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah. Whoever gets the ball first, great. You can, I think teams that actually kick in this scenario. Yeah. Now, if the first team scores and they elect to go for two and the other team goes for two, then you can play it. 
to the death. You know, next team to score wins. You know what I also, you know what I also wouldn't mind seeing, and maybe this is just, and maybe, maybe you don't like this, but you know what? This is where you have to rely on the skill of your team. True. Put it on the fucking foot. Put it on the foot of a fucking kicker. A kickoff. If it gets to a point, man, if it like and if you get to the end of that sudden death, then it's still fucking tied. Then you fucking then you gotta do the fucking you gotta kick it off. You gotta you gotta do the, the kickoff. What are you talking about? You gotta go back and forth trying to make field goals. I don't want that. I don't want the game to come out of kickers like that. Why? I think offenses versus defense is what everybody wants to see. Yeah, true. I get what you're saying, but and I... And if the offenses and defenses can't fucking figure it out, then put it on the feet. Put it on the foot of your fair. fucking kicker. That's fair. I just... I, I don't love it. That's just me, though. You don't love it. All right, let's go. We'll start with you on this next question. Let's do it. Last one. Did Sunday end in favor of the Bengals? Hmm. Well... Boy, I don't know, honestly. I say no. I I would honestly, I might have to agree. I'd say probably no. I'd say because here's the thing: to beat a team twice, a team as good as the Chiefs twice in six weeks, that's tough. It's tough. That's really tough. And that my other kind of X factor, if you will, for this question is Pat Mahomes has been there, done that. League MVP, Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champion, lost to Super Bowl. You know, came within one shitty D4 penalty of going back to, you know, three in a row. Josh Allen's never been there. He lost his title game last year and lost it handily. Mm-hmm. Between Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, who's more likely to shit down the leg on a big stage? Let, let's be real here for a second. It's Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is, phys- is more talented physically than Joe Burrow could ever dream of being. Yeah. Way stronger arm, which is hard to say because Joe Burrow's got a cannon. But Josh Allen may have the strongest arm in the league. Absolutely. You know, well, Joe, Fa- Joe Flacco's still somewhere out there throwing balls 90 yards. but Elite. Elite, so good. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. So, so, so handsome certified, right now. Certified elite. But. By the way, we're watching the Columbus Blue Jackets right now, and it's an empty net against the Rangers, and it is a thriller. Yeah. Well, what is that? 96 shots in the last two nights against the Jackets? There you go. Oh, Empty net. Go. Let's go. Empty netter. hey Send it home, Corral. That's a, that's a two-goal night for Sean. hey Um, But yeah, back, so back, back to the question. Sorry. So, yeah. my big thing is, I, I think Josh Allen would be more prone to shitting down his leg. Uh, Joe's, Joe's mentally stronger. Agreed. That's the one area where, that's the one thing Joe has. He's mentally stronger. I don't know if, besides Brady, I don't know if there's a quarterback in the league right now that exemplifies... Because I don't think Joe Burrow's cocky. Some people don't like his p- presser interviews. I think Joe Burrow's just supremely confident in his, in his abilities. Yeah. And honestly, I, I don't want my quarterback being an aw shucks guy. No. I want him going, we're going to go win. Joe, what Joe Namath did was too brash. Yeah. Guaranteeing a win. I mean, he backed it up. Yeah. The only reason he's in the Hall of Fame, because his numbers suck. Yeah. But, you know, Joe Burrow's the guy that's like, no, we expect to win. We don't come here just, we're not happy to be here. We came here to win. And I respect that. And that's what I think. I think when it came down, when it comes down to a big moment, like Josh Allen gets the ball in overtime, he probably scores and they win. I'm not saying mm-hmm. Josh, 
I'm not saying Josh Wood shit down his leg. No. I just think if I was betting on it, I'd bet on him to do it over over Joe Burrow. I'll tell you what, though. I think... I think... I mean, everybody's been saying it. The AFC is in a great position for a long time, man. Right? I mean, from a quarterback perspective, you got Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow... Guys are coming to Cincinnati because they want to play with Joe Burrow. Yeah. Like that's like it's already out there. Let's let's throw this out there just for the sake of it, right? Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers either retire. We'll say Tom retires. Rodgers goes to the Broncos. Who in the NFC? You got young quarterback wise. Dak. I mean Dak's good. Dak's good. I mean he, he's fun to watch. Yeah. You know? Jalen Hurts has been fun to watch. But you're looking around the rest of it, the NFC. It's, it's average. It's it's mid. It's average at best. I mean, I mean, Kyler Murray's probably the best young quarterback that's over there, and he's a choke artist. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. Russell is older. I mean, we're saying young. Russ is older. Kirk is older. Stafford's older. You know, t- who knows what's going on in D.C. Yeah. Panthers, no fucking clue. No. Matt Ryan's older. Yeah. You know, uh, Jameis. Jameis is okay. He's whatever. Yeah. You know, and uh, then New York. We have no idea what that's. Gonna they said they're like. building around Danny Dimes, so he's not good and young. He's just young. Yeah. You know, he's just young. Um, but you know, Detroit, Jared Goff, eh? Yeah. Justin Fields is exciting, but we'll see we'll how see, we we'll see we'll, what happens there. But, yeah, there's a lot to be seen with Justin Fields. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look up and down that division, man. It's not good, but then you look on the AFC. You got. Lamar Jackson, Josh Joe, Allen, Josh Allen, Joe, Joe Burrow, Burrow, Pat Mahomes. Mahomes. Um, I mean, even it, this is just from a young quarterback's perspective. Yeah, you know, I mean, that are Mac ex- Jones. Mac Jones is young and good. He's gonna be. He's gonna be around for a Tua while. Tua had a much better year than anybody thought. Yeah, I'm not putting him in the same class as those Justin guys. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's incredible. Justin Herbert's gonna be unreal, and he's gonna. He's gonna. The Chargers are gonna be a force here soon. Like they didn't make the playoffs this year. You can bet your fucking ass they're going to be in the playoffs next year. When he plays, Deshaun Watson, holy shit. <clears throat> yeah. If, you he, know? if he comes back this year, he'll be something fucking else. Exactly. So, you know, there are so many. And then you got a bunch of young guys, too. you got Zach Wilson. you got Trevor Lawrence. You know, guys that need time. Guys that need some time, you know, to develop. You know, who knows what's going to happen in Pittsburgh so now? The, so what's the deal then? Is it are the NFC teams just really bad at drafting quarterbacks? I think all mm-hmm. the, I think their quarterbacks are older. I think the NFC goes for the safer route. Yeah. For whatever reason, their teams go the safer route or they have a franchise quarterback. Whereas the AFC went through a lull. Yeah. They you know, did. Tom Brady destroyed it. And before that it was Brady, Peyton, and Ben. And then it was just Brady for a while. Yeah. And now it's back to being open. And it's exciting and it's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, is, like even, I mean, even in like look at the look at the NFC title game. Jimmy G's not young, not anymore. No, no, he's twenty nine. Yeah, he's he's been in the league for a while. He's, yeah. he's he's won two Super Bowls as a backup and lost one as a starter. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is you know potentially his fourth Super Bowl, which is wild. Yeah. But and honestly, and and dude, I'm telling you what, man, if you're if you're a Rams fan, I'm I'm sorry, we're gonna talk a little bit of big market here, but if yeah. you're a Rams fan. You've got to be just fucking absolutely worried out of your fucking mind, dude. You have no draft capital for the next, like, three years. Better win a title. You Like, you better be winning titles the next three years. Oh, uh, I, I think one Super Bowl is they're perfectly fine with. You think so? One, that's enough revenue to make up for any <clears throat> lack of first-round picks. Plus, if they win a title, maybe, maybe they trade a big piece and get a first-rounder back. True. You know? 
like, who's to say they wouldn't trade? I'm trying to think of anybody off that team that is, you know, has has value. But you know, like maybe they go out there and trade, uh, you know, one of their defensive ends. You know, maybe they go out there and work, you know, rework some contracts. Maybe they go, maybe they trade Jalen Ramsey. Who knows? Yeah, Jalen Ramsey's a lot. He's a lot. Yeah. So, just throwing it out there. I mean, but yeah, no, that was a, some great listener questions. Absolutely. Excuse me. All right. Let's go into the NHL, mate. We do it. All right. So, before we get into anything, I just want to say I look like a goddamn genius with my preseason cup pick, the Colorado Avalanche. The Colorado Avalanche. Because they have now won 17 straight home games. Yeah, dude, they're on a fucking roll. Although Nate Dog did break his nose last night, so. Yeah. That's... Ah, set it back into place. Yeah, come on. Big Ben used to break his leg and finish the game. Seriously. Throw some dirt on it. You're a fucking hockey player, man. You're supposed to have injuries and play through it. Ooh, Boone Jenner had four points in that game. Ooh, big game. Big game Booner. for the man. You, you did beer ski? Ooh, I could do a beer ski. All I right. could definitely do a beer ski. All right, let's hear uh, the NHL Yeah, talk. NHL. So, um, you know, I'm tired of going over games. Who fucking cares about fuck it? it? You know what? Let's just talk about what the fuck's going on in the league. So, uh, first of all, the fucking shit storm that is Evander Kane. Woo! Is about to make his way to fucking Edmonton. 750k league man, and then he's got like 625 and something up signing bonus. Maybe it's like worth potential of like 2.1 million. Yeah, I mean it's it it's a decent contract. Like he's gonna make some good money if they make the playoffs and shit. But uh, I mean, oh God, he's just he's one of those guys that makes you fucking your skin crawl a little bit. There's something about him. I the, don't know. the gambling debts. The thing about Evander Kane for me, Buffalo loved him because he's he's gritty as fuck. Yeah. But when I think of Evander Kane, I mean, you look at his numbers too, mm-hmm. like in his career. He's had so much going for him, and I'm pulling it up right now. In terms of the new numbers, also, why yeah. did you why would you go to a team that's a shitstorm like the Edmonton Oilers? Yeah, they're like just fucking. Free what they're thinking is beyond beyond me. I don't know what they're what they're doing, but got his hockey DB pulled up right here. Ooh, he's a WHL alum. What a Vander. Uh, fun fact: played in the KHL during the lockout. Oh, in seven hundred sixty nine. Nice games. Two hundred sixty four goals, two hundred forty two assists, five hundred six points, nine hundred eighty eight pims. He actually didn't play in the AHL until this year when they signed him there. And then he got in trouble for flying over the border to Canada when he was playing for the San Jose Barracuda. Oh. So San Jose tries, is trying to get all their money back out of his contract they terminated. I don't know if they're gonna, he's going to get a couple million back. Absolutely. But my thing is, if, I remember one game for Kaner. Not Patty Kane. You know, everybody calls him Kaner. But he had three fights in one game when he was in Buffalo. And I'm trying to look up who that was against because... Alex Petrovich got it. Fought three times. Guess who the guess when the last time that happened before they did it in uh, twenty sixteen was? Who's that? You may have heard of these guys. You heard of Bob Probert? Oh, I heard of that guy. Fought Jody Shelley twice or three times. Sorry. Oh yeah. On January tenth, two thousand two. Oh, I remember that. Fuck yeah. Shelley fought three times against Bob Probert, and the thing was, if you fight three times, you're automatically disqualified from the game. Yeah. Once, you know, it's kind of like that old good Charlotte song. 
Shake it once, you're fine. Shake it twice, you're okay. Shake it three times, you're playing with yourself again. Mm-hmm. They were playing with themselves that night. And apparently, Pro- I, I heard from Jody, Probert went up to him, Probert was like, you know we're going to go a third time. Because Jody, Jody won one, and they neutralized one. He goes, you know I'm going to go you a third time. Yep. And Jody's like, I guess I'm not finishing this game. Yep. He knew it. Yep. Evander Kane fought him three times. Evander Kane is wild. He loves to spend his off-seasons in Vegas. He loves to gamble, obviously. He has like over $40 million in gambling or something egregious like that. Yeah. It's just an astronomically high number of, of you know, high dollar amount. What are your thoughts on Edmonton signing Evander Kane? Because I, obviously I've pontificated on his life enough. I mean, honestly, I think it's... I, if you're Edmonton, I don't know if that's really the best move for your team. I mean, is that really the guy that you want to bring into that locker room with it when the team's already not doing as well as they should be? I mean... They're, they're 2016 and 2 entering Thursday night. They've had two separate six-game losing streaks, and everybody knows the goaltending's the problem. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, and Evander Kane is not... He's not been known to be the uplifter of the locker room. Not saying that he's been the fucking poison or the toxicity of it, but he hasn't helped it either. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know. It, yeah. it, it, I, it, we'll see how it turns out for him. It could... It, if, if you're going to ask me how I think it's going to turn out, it's not going to be great. The I, I, I think this is just going to be a bad... An experiment gone bad. Yeah, I think he'll play 10 games and they'll get rid of him. Yeah. Um, The th- funny thing is, too, like, Edmonton right now, I mean, they're, they're kind of, you know, jerseys on the ice all the time. But last week, Jim Matheson asked Dreisaitl during an interview. So Dreisaitl basically called him a know-it-all. Yeah. Because they're asking all these shitty probing questions that they know the answer to. They know he's not going to give them the answer they want. But they got to ask it because you got to get your clickbait. Yep. And Jim Matheson goes, why are you so pissy? First of all, very unprofessional. Absolutely. Jesus. And Dreisaitl handled it pretty well. But these guys are having a tough time in the locker room, and he's not going to blame the goaltending. No. He's not going to do it. Why would he be a bad teammate? So, no, he's not going to say that, you know? Coaches can call players out in the media if they want to. Players don't call each other out. Nope. It's bullshit. Nope. It's a shitty question. Edmonton's a fucking shit show right now. Yeah, it's not going great. So. And Evander Kane is just the perfect person to add into that. It's true. It's 100% true. What else we got for the NHL, Nate? Uh, well, the Vancouver Canucks Ooh. have hired a general manager, Patrick Alvin who was with the Pittsburgh Penguins for the past 16 seasons, uh, was with them for three cups in 2009, 2016, and 17. Uh, He is the first Swedish-born general manager in NHL history. Very cool. Um, And this is a team that's got a lot of big decisions to make here. I mean... They've paid a few guys. What are they going to do with the rest of them? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you build around Quinn Hughes... Quinn Hughes, obviously, is an anchor, and uh, Elias Lindstrom, or not Lindstrom, um, Pedersen. Pedersen. Petty. See, I feel like you build around guys like Bo Horvat. Petty, I don't know if he's comfortable there. Really? He struggled a lot this year. Hmm. They, I mean, and they gave him, like, a pseudo deal. Yeah. But I think Pet- Pedersen could be a guy that maybe they look at dealing in the offseason because you get a lot back. Yeah. Maybe he wants to go somewhere that isn't Vancouver. I think Pedersen might be a guy that might like to play in a smaller market out of Canada. 
Yeah. I think he might, he'd be a kind of guy that would thrive in a market like, I'm trying to think of a perfect example. But, you know, someone that needs a top two centerman. So maybe like, I'm thinking teams that would get really strong. Carolina would get really strong with him as their second centerman. Columbus. Oh, we would love it, but that's, you know, maybe. Detroit's building pieces. Maybe he would fit in Detroit. Dude, when Columbus is in a rebuild, man, they're like, you know. The problem is we have a lot of young centers coming up, too. Yeah. So, I, there's also, you know, when I look at teams that need, like that severely lack depth at the center position and could use it, Minnesota comes to mind. Yeah, Minnesota does come to mind for me as well. Min- yeah. Many comes to mind for sure. It's a market that won't kill them. They love hockey, but they're nice. Yeah. They're not brutal. Yeah. You know, and they're right in the position now. Kaprizov's incredible. I mean, and you know, a team that's kind of on the rise, uh, Detroit. Mm-hmm. They're, I mean, they're they're putting themselves in some good positions this year. They're winning some games. They've got some good pieces. They're, yeah, they got some good pieces in place. I mean, they're sitting fifth in their division. They also have two Calder candidates. Yeah. And Cider and Raven. Yeah. So. That, I, Detroit could be a good spot for him, even. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And they love their hockey. And they're tough on you, but not so. It's not it's, Canadian. It's it's not Canadian, and honestly, and it's not Philly. Oh, yeah. It's not New York. It's not Philly. It's not Boston. Yeah. It's not Chicago. Nah. But uh, what else we got? Uh, well, Phil, you know, then I figure we could talk a little bit about how, uh, well, the All-Star game coming up here soon. Yeah. You know, talk about some of these rosters and some of the captains that are on here. Yeah, let's do it. So, let us see here. Taking a scroll from the Metropolitan Division. Sebastian Ajo. Shocker. Shocker. Having a phenomenal year. Stud, man rocket. Oh. Um, Jake Gensel. Yeah. He, he was a replacement, but he's definitely worthy. He's, he is. He's he, worthy. He he's doesn't look like a punk-ass skater boy, though. He really does, man. I God, dude, he, he he looks like Mac Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Really not, not, not in face, in type. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then we go down to our boy, Big Z, Zach Wierenski. Whoop, whoop. Making it on the defense. In uh, goal, Freddie Anderson and Tristan Jerry. Those are your small market guys. Makes sense. Uh, moving on to the Atlantic Division. Freddie Anderson's been rejuvenated in Carolina, though. Like, moving from Toronto to Raleigh has changed his entire life. Oh, absolutely. Toronto media ate him up. I don't think it was Freddie. I don't think it was Freddie at all. It was the def- defense they had in front of him. Because Toronto overpaid the fuck out of their forwards. Yep. Yep. And they still do. You can send us Mitch Marner if you want to. Huh? Blue Jackets fans, we'll take Mitch Marner if they don't want to pay him. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take him. Yeah, we'll take him. We could do a lot with him. Uh, looking at the Atlantic Division, uh, we got, well, Phil, I don't know if we've Hold ever... on. Speaking of Z, by the way, tonight's game, he had a playmaker. Three assists. Three assists for Big Z tonight. What a game. Sorry, we just shouted him out as an all-star, so. Yep. We got to we gotta talk about that. Um, forward, Jonathan Huberdo. Dude, stud. Absolute stud. Having another great year. I think he's tied for second in points. I think you're right. In the NHL? Yeah. um, We'll get back. I got it. I got it. Why don't you look that up while I'm... I I tweeted it today. Um, Dylan Larkin getting in there. Has to. Stud. 
perennial all-star. Yep. Brady Kachuk. The captain of the Ottawa Senators, baby. Yeah. Um, and then we got Rasmus Dahlin. Yeah, from, from Buffalo. Buffalo. And then that's going to wrap up the Atlantic Division. Here we go. NHL points leaders as of Thursday or Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday afternoon. So this has changed. Yeah. But number one, Dreisaitl, Uberdow was a point behind. And then you got McDavid at four. And then guy that was voted last in, which is bullshit, Nazem Kadri. Yeah. In fifth. And then he had he had a, he had a playmaker last night, pretty sense of his own. So here you go. Sorry. Wow. Back to it. Central division. We got Kyle Connor. Great year. Out of the University of Michigan. Kid's a stud. Absolute stud. For Winnipeg? Yeah. Man. This kid's going to be on fire for many, many years to come. He'll be in the All-Star game every year. Yeah. Should be. Perennial. Hmm? Then, Nazem Kadri, of course. We just mentioned him. Yep. Kirill Kaprizov, undoubtedly. Kid is a beast. He's already, like, top ten in points. Dude. He's, he's worth every... He's one of the filthiest in the league. Yeah. One of the filthiest. And he plays in a town that appreciates him. It probably feels a lot like home in Minnesota, because he's Russian. Dude, feels just like home. He'll be there forever. Yeah. You know what? Hockey small markets, way better than the... Hockey small markets, way better than hockey big markets. Put it out there. Hockey small markets are fun, too. Because, like, we can... Like, the NHL is so small market in general, compared to football, basketball, and even baseball. Yeah. But I think the fun of it is, like, they don't put their... You know what I mean? Like, they don't put all their teams in the biggest markets. The NHL, admittedly, is the worst marketed league of its players. Of any major sports league in America, outside the MLS, but of the big four. Yeah. They don't market their players for shit. Nope. So it's all about playing in markets that care. Like, all the Canadian markets care a lot, but we're in Ohio, so we consider, outside Toronto and Montreal, they're all small market to me. Yeah. You know? we don't. Nobody talks about them. Most of our listeners are Canadian. True. You, you know, we're, they're not watching Sportsnet every night, listening to everybody talk about it. True. Along so, with Bob McKenzie. Anyway, moving on. Clayton Keller. A little Arizona presence out there. We love to see it. He's having a good year for an awful team. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Cairo for St. Louis. Stud. What he's doing for the Blues right now, that's the kind of shit that wins you a cup. Absolutely. And, and really, they needed something like that. Because they've just... I mean, last year, they were a letdown. They really were. Yeah. And... It's nice to see them back on top in the central. Last year was so fluky too. It, yeah, it was. What it, it, was. it was a weird, weird year. Playing the same teams over and over again. Yeah, uh, McKinnon, of course, making it, and then Kale McCarr. God, God. Norris, God. give him the Norris. God, Norris, now, thank you. Fuck Adam Fox and all the Rangers fans that come at me every time I tweet Kale McCarr for Norris. Because you know what? If it's not Kale McCarr, give it to Quinn Hughes. Yeah. Adam Fox, great. He's he won it last year. He's a great defenseman. I'm not denying that. No, he is a great defenseman. One of the top in the league. But Kale McCarr is on fucking fire. He might have 30 goals. Yeah. He has 17 goals going into play Thursday. Kale McCarr may fuck around and score 30 goals. I couldn't even tell you the last defenseman that scored 30 goals. No. Maybe, uh, was it Green for the Capitals? I think he had a 30-goal season like couple, you know, decade ago. I remember hearing it somewhere. It'd be the first 30-goal season by a defenseman in a long time. Wow. I mean, that's just unreal. And how can you not give it to a guy like that? Agreed. Uh, so, and then goal, both goalies small market, UC Soros and Cam Talbot. 
We have to talk about Juice for a minute. Yeah. He has the most wins in the last, like, 55 games that he's played in the NHL of any goalie. At one point, he was 34 in his last 51. Wow. UC Soros, I think entry of the year was, like, 70 to 1 odds to win the Vezina. He may fuck around and win the Vezina. Yeah. What Nashville's doing right now, Duchesne looks like a whole new guy. Yep. Johansson's producing. Yep. And you got Roman Yossi back there anchoring the blue line. They're they're loaded. Yeah. They could make a deep, deep run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. If they if they stay alive like this, then yes. But the problem but the thing is is can they keep it up? Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Because we've seen them get we've seen them get like this and go into the playoffs and then they just fall apart. Yeah. Well, they made a cup run and lost to the Pens, you know, five years ago. But it, yeah, I agree. They usually fall apart. They don't get the production from guys like Duchesne and Johansson. Yep. They're getting it now. They are. And uh, and honestly, Philip Forsberg. Oh, dude. Dude. And he's and he, he's in a contract year. Yeah. He's 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 a streaky player, but he's in his contract year. He's playing his balls off. So, yeah. Yeah, Forsberg's having himself a nice year. Preds are a wagon. Yep. And then uh, finishing off with the Pacific Division, of course, Dreisaitl and McDavid. That's, you know, goes without saying. Chalk. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Everly, Seattle Crackheads. First ever Crackhead All-Star. First ever Crackhead All-Star. We love it. Johnny Ham and Cheese. Love it. Shout out to Jane Goudreau <laughs> for liking our tweets. Yes. She always likes when I tweet at the Flames and say Johnny Ham and Cheese. Yeah. As the woman that prepared his meals for the first 15 years of his life, probably before he went to juniors. Yeah. Well, he went to college. Maybe he didn't go to juniors. Either way. Yeah. Before he went to college, you know, woman that cooked for him forever. Shout out to Jane Goudreau for appreciating the ham and cheese reference. We appreciate your appreciation. Exactly. Um, Then we move down to good old Thatcher Demko. Also Boston College product. Yep. The Vancouver Tendy. Yep. And that's it. Other than that, we all got got big market motherfuckers out here. What's your favorite event in the All-Star Weekend? Is it the game? Is it the skills comp? What do you like? No, I'm I'm a big skills comp guy. What's your favorite event? Ooh. I do love the uh, the penalty shot. It's fun. I like it. I like the speed skating, too. That's fun. It's fun, too. Um, I always like when Kendall Schofield, what's her fuck? She has a hyphenated last name. She's married to a former NFL player. Yeah. So she has a coin Schofield. Kendall coin Schofield. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. we go. Um, I, I like when they throw her in there, too, yeah. to watch her skate against the boys, because she's right there. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. She's right fucking there. She's good. Props. Um, what was it? The year they did it in Nashville, when they did when they shot it off the deck, and, like... That was fun. That was pretty cool. That was cool. I wish they'd bring that back. That was mm-hmm. really cool. I like the game itself, too. It's fun. Three-on-three tournament style. Yeah. Round robin. It's like playing shit. Yeah, I do, I do kind of like that. I like the, the game got better, because before, it was, like, way before the three-on-three, it was, mm-hmm. it was terrible. It wasn't good. Let's power rank this real quick. Big four leagues, best to worst all-star games. Well, the worst is the NFL's. Pro Bowl's a joke. Pro Bowl is a fucking joke. The Pro Bowl should just be a skills comp and no game. Yeah. Um, and then I would go the NBA. Just because they don't, I mean, like, it's... it's and there's no defense. Yeah, which is fine. I know they don't want to, like, foul each other and shit. I think the NBA skills competition is fun. The skills competition's fun. The dunk contest is fun. The three-point contest is fun. Well, but... Well, and... We'll, the Rising Stars game is fun. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to the we'll get sure to the, sure sure we'll get to the games to, to the games, but or we're talking about the games, the yeah. competitions. We can talk about that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, 
from a game standpoint, NFL's worst, and then NBA, then MLB, and then NHL. The MLB's the most historic because they were the first one to do it. Yeah. I think 1936 was the first Major League All-Star game. Yeah. And it used to be huge honor. Yeah. To get voted to the Major League All-Star game. The starting pitcher would go five innings, and you'd have some bullpen. Right. Now it's everybody pitches an inning. Right. It's, you know, it's stupid. Yeah, it's, it's just a lot of pageantry. Yeah. I will say, I think All-Star in baseball is the most valued of the of the four. Yeah, for sure. Ca- calling yourself an MLB All-Star carries more weight in that sport than saying you're a pro bowler. Because they also have All-Pro, so it's like, which one matters more? Because And because there's multiple guys that play position that play these positions in a, throughout a season. And it's yep. just, yeah. It's just, the same with the NBA. They have All-NBA. All yeah. Which one means more. Right. And then in, in hockey, it's it's they're more defined by, like, are you an Olympian? Yeah. You know, it's like soccer. Like, oh, he's a USA international Christian Pulisic playing for Chelsea. They identify you by your nationality in soccer. Yeah. In hockey, it's similar. It's like, is this guy an Olympian? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, but if we're looking at a skills competition-wise, then I would say my worst still might go to the NFL. I mean... Oh, yeah. It's still not good. Like, you, Well, plus, plus they, do it bef- like, they do it before the season ends. Yeah. And then the two best teams, aren't their players aren't even there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the, yeah, the best aren't even there. So um, then you go... Then I might go, well, I mean, the MLB, you got the Home Run Derby. That's about it. Yeah, which is fun. I enjoy it. I it, Yeah, it's cool. But so I'll give the MLB third. Okay. And then I'll go the, I'll go NHL second and then NBA first, just because we've had the dunk contest, the three-point contest, like. And then the Rising Stars game. And the Rising Stars game. Like, those are, those yeah, are great. I agree. So. I agree. Yeah, the NBA definitely has the best. All star skills competition. That's fair. Do you have any other hockey news? No, that's all I got for you, buddy. Cool. This yeah, week. a lot of good stuff in the NHL, guys. Um, we'll keep it. We're keeping it light this week. Hey, Florida Panthers still leading the Atlantic Division, man. I mean, it's just if we want to look at the NHL standings before we go. Uh, so the Rangers are leading, but we'll see how long that lasts because they just took a loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> Suck it, Fredman. And then you got Pittsburgh sitting there, right? I mean, right there at sixty points. I'm not sure if Pittsburgh was playing tonight. Uh, I'll take a look at that in oh, just a second for yeah. you, folks. Other than that, you got Carolina sitting there in third at fifty-eight, Washington fourth at fifty-five, and then Columbus at thirty-seven. What a fucking gap, dude! Like literally, the gap from the top four in the Metro to the bottom four in the Metro is clearly defined. Because uh, because it's Washington at fifty five and then Columbus at thirty seven, Islanders thirty six. The Pens lost an OT today, by the way. On thir- the Pens lost an OT on Thursday. Okay, so that so it's going to be sixty one. So the Pens are going to be in first place now. There you go. Pens are going to be in first place in the Metro, folks. How about that? Um, and then New Jersey at thirty five, Philly at thirty four. Philly on a tough Philly on a tough skid, man. They have lost. How many, I mean, what what is it, like a 13-game losing streak? Yeah, they're abysmal. Yeah. Don't know what's going on in Philly, man. The Atlantic. Uh, Florida, of course, 65 points. They are the wagon to beat right now. They are just, I think they are rearing and gearing. They're looking good for a cup run, man. They really are. Yeah. 
Um, Tampa, 63. Toronto, 55. Boston, 51. And then uh, Detroit, 42. Buffalo, 33. Otto, 29. Montreal, 23. Good for you guys. I think Montreal's worse than Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even by the numbers, they are. Even by the numbers, Phil. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the West, we got, in the Central Division, Colorado leading the way in the Central, 63. Then Nashville, 57. St. Louis, 55. Minnesota, 53. Winnipeg, 41 and 6. Arizona, and last but 24. Womp, womp, womp. Pacific. Of course, Vegas in first with 53. Wagon. They're the wagon of the Pacific. We'll see how they do in the playoffs. True. I mean, we'll see. Playoffs are a different animal. Yep. Uh, Anaheim in second with 52. That's the shock of the season for sure. Gotta be. Zegers, dude. Yeah. Stud. He is. Uh, then you got Cal Gary sitting there at 46. They got a nice win over the Columbus Blue Jackets, 6 nothing last they, night. They set the franchise record for their own shots yeah. and conceded by the Blue Jackets. Elvis gave up six goals, but still had over 900 save percentage last night. Think about that. Really makes you think. Think about that, folks. People are asking. Yeah. Um, then you got Edmonton at 6 with 42. Vancouver in 7th with 41. And our favorite expansion brothers, Seattle Crackheads, in last place with 32. Just like God intended. That's right. That's how expansion teams are supposed to be. Maybe don't draft 100 defensemen, and that doesn't happen. Yeah, just a thought. All right, let's hop over to the NBA. Let's do it. So for the NBA tonight, first of all, I just want to say, shout out John Morant, you're a stud. That is my small market darling of the week. I love you, John Morant. Man. What a god. 41 points again this week. Dude's balling. I want to say, though, out of all of the, the wonderful and wild things in the NBA that, that have gone on, I did want to give a quick shout-out to to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh! Hashtag raised by wolves. So, I was watching one of their games the other night, and this is what happened. This was their, their win. A 109-107 win over the Dame Lillard, Damian Lillard-less. Say that three times fast. Damian Lillard-less. Yeah. yeah. Portland Trailblazers. Anthony Edwards, 40 points, 9 boards. Cat, 17-17. and 17. Jared Vanderbilt, 13-13. and 13. D. Ross, 22 points. They needed all of that to beat Portland 109-107. So shout out to the Minnesota Timberwolves, man. Um, I want to say... Something I've seen a lot trending on Twitter right now, Nate. We'll share our opinions because it's basically our brand. A lot of fans are upset. Yeah. The NBA does an awful job of marketing their small market superstars. And now I get the, I get the, the opposite side argument. Small markets will take a guy that's really good and try to brand him as a superstar. You kind of have to when you're a small market. Yeah. The counter to that is all they do is talk about these guys leaving and going to bigger markets. Yeah. That's all they fucking talk about. Yep. The NBA is the best marketed league in the world. Yes, absolutely. Uh, at least of American sports. Yeah. Nobody's marketed better than, than NBA players. You're telling me that LeBron winning a, a title in Miami or, or LA is better than him winning it in Cleveland? No. And it's not because he's from Cleveland. Kyrie Irving could win five rings with the Nets. Everybody's going to remember that he won one in Cleveland. Yeah. 
Winning winning with Kevin Durant and James Harden, does that even feel good? Right. Like, fuck? You joined a, you joined a fucking super team. Yes. You Like, you were drafted by the Cavs. Like, that's the thing, man. When you, like, don't you have a sense of pride? Like, that's the thing. Well, when and the players don't owe the city anything. I, I want to say that. Yeah. They don't owe the city anything. No, they don't owe the city anything, but it's it's the team. It's the team that took a chance on you. The team that saw you as the potential to be who if they're, you If they're not willing to pay you, I understand why guys want to leave. That I understand, yes. I agree. My thing is, though, like Donovan Mitchell in Utah, right? I saw this stupid fucking Twitter account today. Donovan Mitchell's a superstar. He deserves a bigger market. What the fuck are you talking yeah, about? What? There are 30 of these franchises in the world. They're all big. Dwayne, why, why are you slandering one for being in Salt Lake and not on some shitty beach in Miami where the fans leave early and then Ray Allen hits the game dying three when nobody thought it happened and now they're trying to come back in because they want to go blow lines at some fucking club down the street? That shit doesn't happen in Indianapolis. No. They stay and watch Reggie Miller lose in the finals until the fucking bitter end. Yeah. They're real fans. Small markets are real fans. They get involved in Ron Artest fights? Yeah. You know? Malice at the Palace, baby. That's right. I mean, Detroit, Cleveland, these are fans that stay till the end of the games, man. These are the fans that care about these teams. And these big markets, man, it's just like, it, it's just... Fucking, you're a number. Yeah, you're just passing tickets along, man. I mean, is it cool to say that Jack Nicholson is sitting on the, on the you know, courtside as you check in? Sure. That's cool. Yeah. If you're a guy from the middle of nowhere... They went to a small college, and now you're playing for the Lakers? That's a thrill. I get that. Yeah, for sure. You could also be the hero to an entire town. Absolutely. To an entire franchise. Tim Duncan means more to the Spurs than LeBron will ever mean to the Lakers or the Heat. Yeah. Ever. The Lakers, LeBron's a number. They, they debate who the greatest Laker of all time is. Not Is LeBron the best player, and if so, why is he better than every other Laker? Right. LeBron James is the greatest player in Cleveland Cats history. And I'll say that he'll be that way until you and I are old and gray. Absolutely. He'll be the greatest player in Cavs history forever. Absolutely. He brought a title to a team that had never won one and may never win one again. Mm -hmm. I hope they do, but they might not. You never know. You never know. Looks good for it this year. Because let's, let's bring it over here, buddy. Yeah. Because he's fucking Cavaliers. Let's talk about Third it. place in the East right now, dog. And this is a team that was projected to have 30 wins in total. And they're already there. And they're already there. They're a game and a half back of the first place, Miami Heat. They just beat the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, they did. They just beat the Milwaukee Bucks in an impressive, in an impressive, press. Whoa. Pause. You good, homie? Let's take a breath there. Probably just, cut that. Yeah, holy cow. What happened? It's all right. Um... Yeah, the Cavs beat the Bucks in the most impressive way, nonetheless. Um, one fifteen to ninety nine. Nice game there. Mm -hmm. Kevin Love came the fuck alive in this game, man. Alive from three point land. I'm pulling up the numbers right now, so bear with me here a moment, folks. Um, Jeopardy music. Speaking of Jeopardy, da, na, 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 how about, na, na. Uh, we'll talk about Jeopardy. I feel like Jeopardy is small market, right? I don't know. It's competitive. It's competitive, and it's a small market game. 
Um, sure. Amy Schumer. Is that her name? Amy Schumer is the female comedian. Oh, okay. Whatever. Uh, she lost. It's the second, second longest streak, right? Yeah, second longest streak in Jeopardy history. I respect it. Um, and it is taken away. I want to say also, while you're looking that up for the NBA, man. Yeah. I'm looking at the standings right now. Yeah. Cavs are the highest ranked small market team in the East, which is big market dominated. Then you got the Bucks at six and the Hornets at seven. Go over to the Western Conference. The Suns are 38 and nine, three and a half up on the Warriors. The Grizz are in third at 33 and 17. Jazz in fourth. Nuggets in sixth. T Wolves in seventh. The Lakers are not in a playoff spot. So I just want to throw that wow. out there, too. The Clippers are. The Lakers aren't. So, yeah. I mean, it, dude, the Suns are 19-4 and four away from home. Yeah. They've won eight in a row, which they already had a, what was it, 18-game winning streak this year? Mm-hmm. Something like that? Stupid. Yeah. Um. So here, so I got the numbers for you uh, from, this Cavs, from this Cavs win last night against the Bucs. So, Kevin Love, first of all, five for nine from three point land off the bench. Whew. That's right there. That is an amazing thing to have. If you don't have that, this game's completely different. Yeah. Um, but either way, Evan Mobley got Evan Mobley still got his. Um, let's see, he was let's see, five for twelve, five for twelve from the field, one for three from three, sixteen points, you know, uh, seven boards, one assist. Two blocks, pretty good game for Mobley. Yeah. Darius Garland had nineteen, um, with eight with eight assists. He's their best player this year. Yeah, but yeah, your bench players and Jetty Osman and Kevin Love absolutely killed it for you. I mean, twenty three points from Osman, twenty five from Kevin Love. Unreal. Mm-hmm. That that is what made the difference in this game. Uh, but still, you know, the Bucks taking a look at them. Obviously, Giannis got his with 26, 9 rebounds, 3 assists. Um, Bobby Portis had 22. Chris Middleton had 21. But you had no bench. You know, your bench was DiVincenzo. Oh, Dante DiVincenzo from Villanova? Yep, yep. 9 points. That's yeah, dude. That was your biggest bench performer. Let me ask you a question. So Okay, ask me a question. You're the NBA. I right? am the NBA. You are the NBA. You are Adam Silver. Okay. When, when we hear the debate, we, so when you look around at the league right now, right? I, I, well, first of all, if I'm Adam Silver, man, I'm just... Yeet me off a bridge? Yeah. If you're So you're Adam Silver, right? And you see... Obviously, the, the media want everybody in a big market. Mm-hmm. What are you doing to ensure the stability of the small market franchises... The Lamelo Balls in Charlotte, the Zion Williamsons in New Orleans, the Giannis—he signed. He's in Milwaukee. Keep John Memphis. Keep Donovan Mitchell in Utah. You know, keep Jokic in Denver. All these guys. Yeah. And these Devin Booker in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. What do you do to support the small market team? You've got to include them in all your NBA advertising, just like they're starting to do. You know, I think the NBA is doing a lot better about that in their advertising and showing players from all over the league. I mean, I get it. You, I mean, I get it. You're going to focus on your all stars, but you need to, you need to be, you need to give incentive to these, like you know, endorse them, do everything you can to help these teams in keeping these players. I mean, obviously, guys are going to be guys, and they're going to go wherever they want to go. But, you know, 
You just got to give, you you know, don't make it so they have to go to New York, Chicago, L.A. to get the bright light or to get the bright light. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, give them the limelight when they're in Charlotte, when you're in Cleveland, when you're in Detroit, when you're in Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. when you're eventually in Seattle. Yeah, probably Seattle and Vegas. It's my yeah. guess. Well, you're gonna get you're gonna get all the limelight when you're in Vegas, but um, well, they have the summer league. It makes sense. Yeah, but you know when you're when you're in Sacramento, get the make sure these guys get the limelight. Minnesota. So when you have guys putting up stupid numbers in these smaller markets, there's no. I don't care that LeBron ate a turkey sandwich today. What I care about is that Carl Anthony Towns had 29 points and 14 boards last night. I, That's what I care about. Right. I don't care about I don't care about the di- I don't care about the arguments that uh, that they had about LeBron's sandwich with the Lakers team. I really don't. I would rather hear about Kevin Love's amazing fucking twenty five points off the bench. Yeah, that led the Cavs to a win over the Bucks to put them in third place and get them to thirty wins. Yeah, uh, uh, that that was supposed to be their total for the year. Shit like that. Yeah, that's totally so, fair. Yeah. That's what that's what the NBA needs to do. They need to they need to make sure that they're getting the they're getting the limelight to these guys wherever they are. That's fair. So no, that's I, I agree with you. Keep shining the light on them. Yeah. Just shine the light on the best players. Doesn't matter what market they're in. Right. And honestly, and, and honestly, if you're in these if you're in these small markets and you're the owners, you got to be willing to you know put it in. And I feel like and I don't think there's any owners out there that aren't willing to invest the money. I mean, every I think every team's shown that they're willing to put it in. Mm-hmm. I agree. I 100% agree. I, I, I just, yeah. Like, it would piss, it would piss the NBA off. Grizzlies Bucks, Grizzlies Cavs, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That would piss them the fuck off. Yeah. Suns Bucks was perfect. Oh, it was great. Give me, if you had to give me my ideal matchup, I would love... I think I don't think the Cavs are quite there yet, dude. Dude, no. Give me the Jazz and the Cavs. Give me the Jazz and the Cavs. I'm gonna go. I would love Grizzlies Bucks. That'd be incredible. But if we're gonna exclude the Bucks, just just to be devil's advocate, because I'd like to see the Cavs make it. I've nothing to. Give me Grizzlies Hornets. John Moran against Lamelo Ball all night long. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's personally. I was supposed about the NBA too. So when we think about states that are football versus basketball versus anything else, yeah, basketball states in America, my opinion, it's not a state, but the city of New York is a basketball city. Yeah. And then you have Kentucky and Indiana. Yeah. I, I, Chicago. Chicago's a basketball town. Chicago's a basketball town. Or a baseball town. Yeah. It's one of the two. Yeah. But Indiana is a basketball state. Yeah. And the Pacers have never won a title. That fan base deserves a title alone. Oh, absolutely. And I love I love the Pacers and I love you know the team they have with Sabonis and Turner and all those guys, but I just don't see them being good anytime soon, sadly. They're talking about trading players away. LA is a basketball town too. Agreed. LA, LA. Kobe, Kobe and Shaq really solidified that one, but I said you know, Magic Johnson and the boys really and Kareem mm-hmm. they, they built it and then Kareem and or Shaq and Kobe solidified it. I, I New Orleans is a basketball town to me. No, it's a football state. Louisiana's a football state. It's a state. It, yeah, New or- Louisiana's a football state, but for some reason, New Orleans, to me, just seems basketball. I disagree entirely. I think they love the Saints unconditionally. 
Pelicans games are cheap as hell to go to. Saints games are a bitch. Okay, but when they were, but when they were the Hornets, when they were the New Orleans Hornets, when they had Chris Paul and shit. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, but I don't know. I I, I disagree, but I get where you're coming from. I th- yeah, I, I think now with the Pelicans, no, but when they had the Hornets, I think I would have thought they would have been more of a basketball. That's fair. But you know, I could be, I could be wrong. You know, if there's any Louisiana listeners down there, go go Tigers, go Tigers. Uh, tweet at us at Small Market Insecurities at SMI Side Hustle at Stat Guy Nate. Fair enough. At Postgrad Phil. Yeah. Tweet at us. We'll let's, be out here. Let's get it. Here, let us know. Um, what so, it pretty much covers the NBA. Nate, do you have anything else you want to go over? I have a few things I wanted to talk about before we wrap up. Do you have anything? Um. Well, let me think here, buddy. Actually, you know what? Why don't you go ahead and do, you do your thing, and then I'll see if I have anything while sure. you're do, going on your thing. Because honestly, I agree with a lot of your thing, and we've already talked about it. So This is a two-parter. One football, one baseball. We'll get to the baseball second. Okay. Football first. I didn't want to say, we didn't bring it up the NFL part because they're not in the postseason. But the Vikings hired Quessy, 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 uh, Adafo Mensa. Dude. I believe is how you say his name. Yep. This gentleman uh, was with the Browns. He was with the Browns for a while. Ivy League educated economics guy, big analytics guy. Yeah. He's basically Jonah Hill and Moneyball in the NFL. It'll be very interesting to see how this works in Minnesota. I don't see how it can't work, but also sports. As much as I love analytics, and I'm a baseball stat nerd, I think analytics are great for contract negotiations. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. That, that being said, I just want to say real quick before I toss it over to you to finish this thought. I think analytics are great in sports like football, though. There's something to be said, and this is going to sound really old school, for the hunger of a guy. First round picks feel entitled. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times they're good enough to mask it. Yeah, Undrafted guys come in there and play their balls off because they have no reason not to. Mm-hmm. Nobody believed in them. They have a lot to prove. Yeah, The analytics, they may draft guys in the third round, that are okay. Mm-hmm. They, over, they they overreached on what other teams would do, and they'll be good. And then th- they will have entire misses. Yep. It, it'll happen both ways. Yep. So uh, so just to give you a little background on on this gentleman, Quezzi Adolfo Mensa. Uh, so he has an economics degree. He got an economics degree at Princeton, and he got an economics master's at Stanford. Uh, smart smart cookie. Smart cookie. Uh, he was a fixed income analyst at Morgan Stanley. Oh, he was in a hedge fund? Yep. Pretty badass. And then he was a portfolio manager at Taylor Woods Capital. Okay. And then he was with several different Wall Street ventures. And then he became and then he was with football research with the 49ers. Interesting. And then fo- vice president of football operations with the Browns. Yeah. And now Minnesota Vikings. General manager. Very interesting. It'll, it'll be fun to see how that works. It really will. I mean, he, he had to have had some success with the 49ers in order to get over to the Browns, and he's obviously had success helping out Andrew Barry with this Browns team. Because really, they have a pretty solid team. They put they what from what those gentlemen have assembled, they have something really great that's coming together up there. Yeah. And Berea. I 100% agree. And the Vikings now, we'll see how it plays out. You know, see how it plays out. Yeah. It'll be fun to watch. They will. We'll see how the analytics, you know, provide them with a very stacked offense. You know, maybe that's a team that trades for Deshaun Watson. Who knows? 
You never know. So, I want to I want to rant. And this is my rant. Go ahead, Gage. Ooh. It gets me all tingly. So, baseball voted on their Hall of Fame. Without a doubt, the Major League Baseball, well, it's not even MLB affiliated. It's the Baseball Hall of Fame. They're two separate entities. The fucking baseball writers. They're two separate entities, but I will say, it is it is the most illustrious, the most prestigious Hall of Fame you can get into. They have years where nobody gets in. You know, baseball does not discriminate on, oh, well, this guy played, you know, we got to put people in. The NFL always gets people in. NHL always has people in. NBA always has people in. You know, it's their Hall of Fame. Halls of Fame. The MLB, it, it is the toughest one to make. Now, what I, what I will say, I entirely disagree with the logic of, of the writers. Because David Ortiz got in first ballot, 77.9%, you need 75% to get in. It's fair. David Ortiz is a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Brought titles to the Red Sox after a huge drought. Clutch as hell. 500 home run club. Solid fucking hitter. But the fact that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are not in is bullshit. Barry Bonds is a seven-time MVP in, in an era where everybody got away with juicing because baseball, being the hypocrites they are, will accept the money that comes with the juicing, but they will not accept this cheating in baseball. Baseball is a sport of cheating. They've been cheating the whole time. Baseball and cheating are peanut butter and jelly. They're synonymous. Guys have been stealing signs since the dawn of time. And people go, and do you know why baseball, Nate, do you know why baseball cheating is acceptable? In what other sport do you fail seven of ten times and that's considered good? Baseball is fucking hard. It's hard. It's hard to be good at it. It is. It's hard to succeed as a hitter. It's hard to succeed as a pitcher. It's just a tough game overall. You, gotta, you, you have a ball flying at you from 90 feet away. 60. 60 feet, 6 inches. Sorry. Yes, yeah, 60 feet away. At 90 miles an hour. Plus. Yeah. And it's breaking in all different fucking ways. And you have a sweet spot the size of that ball on your back. You're hitting a round ball with a round bat. Yeah. It, 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 you know, it's a bitch. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, Barry Bonds is a seven-time MVP. Roger Clemens is a seven-time Cy Young Award winner. And... The fact that neither neither of them in the hall for PED usage, but David Ortiz has a shit ton of PED allegations. Pudge Rodriguez has a shit ton of PED allegations. They're both in. So, Baseball Riders America, get your head out of your ass. It's bullshit that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are now off the ballot. They should be in the goddamn Hall of Fame. Yeah. And and it... I agree. it's, It's an absolute travesty they're not in. They should be getting inducted just like you know, just like David Ortiz. Yep. Side note: Scott Rowland's going to get there very soon. Respect to Scott Rowland. Found out this fun fact this week: Scott Rowland had over two thousand appearances at third base in his career. Never played another position. Really? Never appeared once at even including DH. Now he pinch hit. I think it was twenty three times, and he pinch ran once, but that's not that's not an official position. The only position he played was third base. Over 2,000 times. Never played first base. Never played second. Never pitched a joke inning. Never got tried out in left field, like a lot of corner infielders do. Hmm. No. Literally played third base over 2,000 times. Wow. And that was the only defensive position he ever played. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Third basemen are, are, are few and far between in the Hall of Fame, too. There's like 10 of them. Yeah. So, 
put Scott Rowland in. He's definitely up there. 70 war, good enough for me. So that is my baseball rant. Nate, you got anything else? I got nothing else for you, Bob. All right, man. I got nothing else. It's been a good, it's been a good episode. So I will sign off then. Let's do it. Cool. All right. Well, for the guy who loved to hate stack on Nate, it's your boy Phil Razor saying, small market insecurities pairs well with booze. Live fast, keep it, keep it sleazy. Love you guys.